welcome to Agronomy for Farmer Success, a podcast brought to you by Osmus Farm Supply. We are back in the AFS podcast studio today. We took a little bit of a break over, so now we're back in the studio and we have Devin here today and Devin is our resident pioneer salesperson and we're going to talk about what Devin saw throughout the year a little bit and really focus on what we've seen since harvest. I recently read that this year was close to record lows for prevent plant in the area and close to record lows for return seed. Spring went great. Yes, it sure did. We thought we were off to a good start and then Mother Nature kicked in and we didn't get rain. Mm -hmm. So that threw some changes and some wrenches in the plans. But from what I'm hearing now, harvest is going better than what most had anticipated. Absolutely. Devin, what are we seeing uh, for harvest as an overall and what did you see in the plots that we had here at AFS? Yeah, thanks Michelle. Happy to be here. Um, So first of all, I'll just echo kind of what you said. We got off to a a good start. We were uh, dry this year. The planters uh, went pretty smoothly, the planting process. And then um, the water turned off as we went uh, through the season, which uh, I remember talking to several farmers and their main concern uh, as we got uh, into the heat of summer is, uh, you know, what are we going to see for these yields here? And pessimism starts to run pretty high uh, when the when the rains don't come. But uh, fast forward, we did get some rains in uh, in August. A lot of cases we thought it was, was too little too late. But this whole year was the uh, tale of the isolated shower and soil types. You know, how much water could we hold? Or we got to harvest here. And um, I guess... As a general comment, I will just say um, most all of the farmers that I talk to uh, have a, a similar thought, and that is, where did these bushels come from? Whether we were on beans or whether we were on the corn. When they think back uh, 20 years or whatever the timetable is, that's that's just not some. We just would not have these uh, levels of yields uh, with the amount of water that we had. So guys are impressed. They say, you know what? At least the genetics are uh, improving on the uh, drought side. And I agree. It, it's really been quite impressive. I always try to think because farmers ask me this: um, What do you see and what are you learning? What is um, what's maybe sticking out as some trends? couple things that I'll just maybe uh, comment is uh, that it seemed like corn on corn, you know, we always expect a little bit of a difference there. Um, that was commonly a 15 to 20 bushel uh, off the pace. Just to reverse there or back up a little bit uh, off of your, your 50-50 rotation ground. The uh, Still good, but, uh, but there's a little bit of a gap there. The other trend that I really felt like I saw in most cases was uh, just the, the impact of later maturities. Uh, they were winning. From 100 day and less, as you move to 105 day, I saw a nice trend line curve um, advantage for the 105. And then I saw an even steeper advantage, it seemed like, when I went to 110 day corn. The, you know, Every year you expect your later maturities to have more of a yield potential advantage. But this year it was as pronounced as I've seen in the 
last decade or so that I've been doing this. So that was fun. That was fun to see. Just another general comment. I'll maybe back up uh, and talk beans a little bit. They were a bear cat this year to get out of the field. The stems were green. Um, you know, beans are always challenging, and I've had several farmers tell me they just sleep better at night when the beans are uh, are done. But uh, but they were a real challenge this year. But the uh, yields were overall pretty good. And just to talk broadly, um, from our area here, I would say a lot of guys were probably in that 60s range. You get to certain pockets and... Uh, where there's a little less rainfall or such, maybe some would drop down into the 50s more. And there was a fair amount of beans that were north of 70. So I think, again, all in all, um, those uh, guys were, were pretty happy with, uh, with those. Corn, just to talk very generally, I would say uh, 200 to 225 caught a lot of uh, farms. Again, there are outliers depending on what how droughty was my ground and um, did I catch the isolated showers. So there were certainly some outliers that didn't hit that, and there were certainly some outliers that uh, were north of that. Um, usually, again, they they caught some rain, um, had maybe a little bit later maturities, but there were fields that were very impressive on the corn side as well. So, so all in all, Michelle, I think guys. We're, we're pretty happy. I've been rambling a long time here, but one more thing that you asked me was, uh, what did I see with plots? So I'll maybe comment on, on that a little bit here as well. On the uh, corn side, I guess I would say that basically it, it reaffirmed what I said earlier with the uh, later maturities had the advantage. You know, as I looked and summarized um, through data, summarized data, 109s, 110s, 111s were doing the best. They were generally winning the plots. And um, while everything was good, it just was a, a nice little predictable advantage as you went out to the uh, the later stuff. That was one thing I saw, I guess, on the, on the corn side. Beans were really probably pretty close to in line with what we were seeing in fields, 60s, 70s. You know, your plots are always a little bit better. They don't have any end rows. They're generally in uh, good spots of the field. I was encouraged. And most farmers, again, at the end of uh, harvest were happy. So, Devin, you kind of talked about how the plots really lined up with the what we were what farmers were seeing in their fields. Now, that doesn't always happen. It's always good to see that uh, because you do have different environmental conditions. You do have different crop rotations and stuff like that that happen within a plot setup compared to in-field setup. You also mentioned and hit on the technology and how far Pioneer has come. That may be a whole nother podcast that we could do. Pioneer has done a very good job of providing a wide variety of options for farmers. So if you are experiencing that drought condition over and over, there's plenty of varieties out there. If you have different soil types that you need to manage for, Pioneer has a really good portfolio for that. And for anybody who's looking at that, you can give Devin a call. He's got the data from a lot of farmers around the area. Like he was saying, he's got all that. So if you want more information on what farmers were actually seeing in their fields, you can give Devin a call here at the rake office and he'll go through that in much more detail than we can cover here in our podcast. Absolutely. And one other comment I want to make there just to say, um, seed's expensive. I mean, it's an, it's an expensive investment uh, in a farmer's operation. However, in a year like this, guys at least recognize that, you know what, those uh, dollars that go to research and development are driving results. And uh, every once in a while, it's nice to see that genetic gain that we're getting because yes, it is expensive, but it is going to uh, a good purpose in research and development to hopefully give a better return to the farmers. 
as we kind of talk about that research and development, uh, what are you seeing is maybe something that's going to stand out for next year that wasn't available to farmers this year? It's a good question. I guess in terms of research and development, we always have um, uh, new uh, numbers that are coming forward that are usually available in, in introductory quantities. The normal uh, lifespan of a hybrid is, I'll just say, probably five to seven years. Um, we get it uh, introduced in our first year in, in plot quantities, basically, and, and a little bit smaller than that. And then it just ramps up until uh, probably year three. It's in its, its most volume. So I guess I, I'll just say that I'm encouraged by the new genetics that are coming along. As the new genetics come along, there's nice advantages uh, with those. So I like what our pipeline um, has uh, coming forward. The other thing I would say is, uh, I'm going to beans now, as we continue to transition uh, more fully into the uh, the E3, it just takes time to uh, uh, get everything fully incorporated and, and transitioned. But the data that I've got coming in just is very encouraging. And... Um, I'm excited about that. So, uh, yeah, that'd be kind of my comments on just the new genetics as they come along, continue to impress. Hit on all of what we've seen this year. What should farmers be looking at as they're starting to plan for 2022 and making that big investment in their seed? Yeah, great question. First, I just have to comment. Um, one of my farmers uh, sent me a, a meme. I, I guess I got a chuckle out of it, but it's uh, two football players. Uh, you got your ball carrier in the wide open space and the defender uh, just about uh, three steps behind him in hot pursuit. Then the label under the ball carrier is farmer and the guy in hot pursuit is a seed salesman. Well, uh, guilty as charged. Uh, I am I am reaching out to my farmers all the time and uh, they probably think, man, what is this guy doing? He just won't leave me alone. We gotta we gotta finish this and that. But, uh, but the reality is there's deadlines that are coming and my my job is I'm always just trying to uh, make sure we capture all the best uh, discounts that we can. So, uh, but I got a chuckle out of that. He obviously uh, uh, did as well. With that being said, or we do have uh, some deadlines that are coming up. I usually say around Thanksgiving. Technically, it's going to uh, maybe bleed over a little bit beyond that, but uh, that's just kind of a good marker for me. As we come up on these uh, discounts, uh, the things that I think guys need to be thinking about uh, first on the soybean side is really, um, you know, am I happy with the herbicide program that I'm in? You know, the different herbicide traits, whether it's the Roundup Ready to Extend, whether it's uh, moving to the uh, Enlist, uh, if they're considering that, um, or they're already there, um, whether it's staying or, or considering uh, the Liberty program. Once you really feel comfortable with that, then then we can have conversations on um, uh, the right genetics in those given platforms. And while I'm on beans, I guess I'll just mention this as well. The uh, the plenish program is uh, um, for guys that are uh, set up to uh, to go to uh, Fairmont CHS is uh, looking pretty attractive. Um, some of their uh, and I can give you specifics if you're interested, but uh, their premiums are uh, over a dollar, and they uh, increase uh, for the longer you're willing to uh, to store it. So that's I'm getting some calls on that, uh, generating more interest, and uh, we have some good things there. The only consideration uh, with the plenish is that that still is in the Roundup Ready to platform, which means that it uh, just the glyphosate trait. So uh, depending on how it works with your herbicide uh, program, again, we can go through those details uh, later. But that's that's another thing that guys are thinking about um, uh, as we have those conversations uh, with soybeans specifically. As I move to corn, um, 
Um, we'll just, I'm trying to share data with guys and uh, obviously give recommendations like you made the comment earlier, you know, what's, what are the field conditions? What are the uh, right, right products to be considering for any given operation, whether they want to have the, the corn uh, stay out in the field to 15% or whether they want to uh, uh, really reach for uh, some high yields with some uh, later maturities that they can manage from a drying standpoint and all that all that, those considerations. Um, so those are things to be thinking about. Um, deadlines again, uh, just after Thanksgiving is uh, when we can capture that first pay period, which most guys try to do. So I, I try to do everything I can to, to help with that. That's probably the main things right now. So guys will be getting phone calls from me or text messages of just trying to coordinate and see, hey, when can we find time to, um, to get stuff lined up and um, yeah, so a lot's honestly a lot is going to happen here in, in the short short term because uh, guys are still uh, putting on um, nitrogen, doing tillage, you know, wrapping up harvest. So I mean, again, a lot of stuff happens in a short period of time, and that's just kind of what we got accustomed to. Only thing I'm also going to mention, and this is maybe outside of, of seed, but uh, there's a lot of uh, just craziness uh, out there. Most guys have their, their nitrogen lined up and are, are putting that in place, but that's been that's been wild. Um, some things on the crop protection are going to be wild next year. It's just, uh, it just seems kind of goofy. It is going to be a year like we've never experienced before. I know I've, I've talked with Harlan, um, who's been in the industry with his dad and then taking over. And he said, I've never seen a year like this. I've talked to farmers who have, you know, their fifth, sixth generation farm operations and they they've never seen anything like this. So it is a year that we're all going to have to just hold on to our seats and it's going to be a wild ride but Devin's here for you and given AFS's uh large location thing these deadlines aren't just for Devin they're for all of Pioneer so um, whether Devin is your Pioneer salesperson or you have another rep because of your location uh those deadlines that Devin's talked about hold true for everybody so whether Devin's giving you a call or your specific Pioneer sales rep uh Thanksgiving. Well, yes, great point. And the reality is, is, is you go uh, to different areas, for example, Minnesota may be a little bit different than that, possibly. But generally speaking, it's going to be sometime in that general window. And the reality is post-harvest, your seed guy is going to be chasing you like a football player uh, trying to get the tackle. <laughs> so uh, whatever, whatever the... Um, Whatever the uh, specifics are, it's going to be in that general. Mine is just after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's coming up. So it may be one of those years where you, unfortunately, I have to say the word can't procrastinate, Uh, the favorite procrastination word, uh, where you're going to have to maybe talk with your seed salesman and your chemical rep and kind of go back and forth to see what availability is to know what um, soybean platform you need to be in or what's going to be best for you give a little lead time on that and uh you know everybody whether it's one of our afs chemical uh crop protection reps uh plant nutrition salespeople, or any of our seed reps they are more than willing to have a conversation with you and get that process started so any final thoughts Devin? yeah i guess i would just leave you with this um you know we did talk about how chaotic this 
this farming industry seems to be this year. Going to be a wild ride. Fortunately, the seed industry, for the most part, uh, seems to be um, business as usual, which I'm happy about. And um, a big reason for that is... Uh, a lot of our stuff is very locally produced. You know, we produce our seed corn a lot of times in the same state that we grow it in, um, within close areas. Our production plants are close by. Um, so the supply chain issues that we're finding in, in other areas, thankfully, to my knowledge, seed is going to be, again, business as usual. That said, there's always going to be the, just the demand and supply issues. If a certain hybrid is, is red hot um, from a demand standpoint, well, we may run out. And uh, we are always uh, doing our our cold germ testing and sometimes you have issues that come up there that's going to impact your supply a little bit but again we deal with that every year how it looks today is uh, is business as usual on the seed side which i'm uh, grateful for i'm an optimist so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to uh, 2022 I think every farmer has to be an optimist when you That's put right. your big investment of seed in the ground and you're just hoping for the best and it's out of your control uh, for, for the most part. As we move forward into the next growing season, we will circle back with Devin um, early spring, February, March, when we talk about seed treatment and different options uh, there and how we're looking going into the season. So uh, Devin is one of our regular podcast uh, guests. And if you have any questions, you can always give Devin a call or I'm sure all of your pioneer reps, whether it's Devin or not, are looking forward to your call Absolutely. or will be calling you one way or the other. Right. Um, and as always, your AFS sales reps are uh, welcoming calls also. This is our first podcast back getting uh, back on schedule. So our podcast will launch Thursdays um, weekly, and we will be having Harlan in the studio coming up uh, to talk about some of the stuff we briefly mentioned today as far as um, Roundup and Liberty and all the, the talk in the industry going on there. We will be having a guest come in and talking about the supply chain issue and why we're, we're facing these struggles that we're facing. And we will be talking about a couple other things that um, are hot topics in ag right now. So, so make sure to subscribe to our channel so that you get notifications when a new podcast does go live. I'd like to thank Devin for taking time um, and giving his customers a break from his phone calls. There you go. Uh, to record this podcast for us today. Any final thoughts? No, happy to do it. Thanks for the uh, opportunity. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, uh, wrapping up 2021 and moving into 2022. Sounds like a plan to me. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agronomy for Farmer Success. If you'd like any additional information, please contact your trusted Osmus Farm Supply agronomist. Please make sure to subscribe to Agronomy for Farmer Success on your podcast player of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more to be notified when new episodes become available.